Dude, what is going on, man? Not much. How you been doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Had a nice pizza last night, so can't nice, complain dude. about that. Um, let's see. What do we got, dude? We got. Yeah, yeah. All right, stop, stop. I got a question for you. Don't do it. No, no, no. I got a question for you now. Um, so um, our buddy Jay shout likes out, to Jay. call out our shit. We like to shout out for Jay. We love you, Jay. Um, the asshole of our existence. Um, but Mark. You want had some uh, words that you had for Jay. You want to go ahead and share that with the crowd? No, no. I'm, I'm glad Jay brought up this conversation. And I just, you know, before we get into it, um, well, first of all, the conversation we need to talk about is can we really average all the points per game that we think? Um, and I appreciate it. But just for the record, Jay, you know, if you want us to talk about certain some things, you know, don't be a dick. <laughs> and then it'll be easier. Dude. Next time, if you're a dick, Jay, then we're just going to ignore even the nice things you say. Okay, All right. so I want to say this. Jay's been there for a while. Um, Jay has a very um, dominant uh, way with his words. So right. we, we appreciate the way that uh, Jay so let's, flows. So let's do this. I went through this in my head. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I might have wrote it in my phone. I, don't, I didn't need to. But let's go points per game because there's a couple of caveats we need to make about this. But like load management and things like that could open up opportunities for like us to average have a higher average of points per game, like individuals than okay. like as a team, you would come back and break it down as far as the starters. If they, okay. if the load management takes an interesting turn for the really young players like Chet, right. He might play. We, we've talked about it. 55 games okay. average um, a little bit higher in you know, elements, but not, then it doesn't necessarily impact the team's overall average as much as it would if he played 82. Right. So first things first, bro. How many points did we score last year? We scored 117.1 or 0.3 points per game last year. Okay. All and right. then we look at that and we say, what can we improve? I think that was like the fourth in league or fifth in the league as far as points per game. What can we improve on? See, can we make this out. three, four, five more points a game? So here, let's talk about averages, right? Let, Shea's 30, right? I mean, it okay. could be 28. I, I got a question 30. though. Let's just, let's just, put them in groups can we just put them in groups no stick with me all right all right go for it the starters right shay's at 30 we're thinking j-dub can put up 20 am i wrong no i think you can do something like that yep okay josh can put up 15 and dort like it or not dave i'm giving him 12 now on top of that we got to include chet and I'm putting Chet right at 15. Okay. Now, that's 92 points. Starters. For the starters. All right. Now, and we're what thinking I had- the bench can average 40. Sure. So that's 132. I, I think I think 132 is impossible. Um, okay. So that's where you look at a player like Chet. Can he average 15? Can okay, Josh so, average 15? Like. You look at Josh, Chet, and Dort. I think between those guys, I think you're right. 40 points between those guys is right on the money. I think that is something that you can look at and circle and say that's legitimately something between the four of them. One player has more points. One player has less points. Josh has, you know, 20 points and Dort and Chet, you know, have 10. You know, I could see something like that, you know, just rotate who scores there. J-Dub and Shea, right? You know, to me, those two are premier scores. Do you Those think they are can the, get fifty between the two of them. I, I think I think fifty to fifty five depends on what it, the bench does. I think it's it's all about what that bench does. If we need these starters to put out more points, 
then I, yeah, J-Dub and Shea are who we're going to lean on. So between 50 and 55, I think those guys have it. Our bench then, <clears throat> I think we have to look at it like this, is that you know when you break up the bench is you're like, oh, this guy could average this player. This Most of our bench players, right? There's probably three to five bench players. What's That's up, it. Corey? Three to five bench players, Mark, that are going to average um, significant minutes. When I say significant minutes, they're going to be in the top tier. Okay. So you look at that and you're saying, okay, what would these guys be able to put up? Can they put up 25 points a game? Yes. And then you look at the other guys that are going to get playing time that are going to be sprinkled in there. You know what I'm saying? Because not every one of these guys are going to be able to play 60 games of our bench. There's only going to be three to four guys that are going to play 60, 65 games off our bench. The rest of them are just the sprinkled guys that are going to be thrown in there at 50 games. You know, you look at Jay Will. You look at JRE, you look at some of these guys that get 50 games and they've had a good 50 games. I don't think, I think Jay will get 50, but if he gets more, it's because he went to training camp at much more better, better shape than he's been in in a while. So I think that's just one of those things that as you're looking at and breaking this team up, you start recognizing, hey, you know, asking this team to score 120 points, right? Isn't that out of the question? You know, I think 120 points is a great because it's only three points more a game or three, you know, three and a half points more a game. You know, that's not a significant jump up. And then you start looking at it and you start seeing how these guys can play. And you're like, man, this team could really do something dangerous. So what I what I broke down was 132 and you're saying 120 is a good goal. So let's shave off 12 points. Let's start out with the bench. Let's say the bench averages 36 instead of 40. Right. So now we need to shave off eight points from the starters. Let's give Chet. Dude, our bench will be the best bench in the league if we average between 25 and 35 points. All right. So let's say with um, let's say with Chet, we'll give him 13 points a game, which I think would be really healthy, no matter the you know the conditions. I, 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 I think, think that's a good way to right. non-expecting so, way for him to be out there. Josh, I don't want to give Josh less than 15, but I'll take one from him and put him at 14. Okay, Shea's still got to give him 30. Dort, I don't want to take anything from him at 12 but, and J-Dub, I can give him 18 and but, right about there you're getting close to 120 total I think yeah I, I want to say J-Dub scores um um 20 points a game unless he figures out a way to get to the foul line a whole lot more effectively and if he does that he doesn't take away shots from the team you know and he's getting to the foul line and if he does that then he could go I mean he could go off and score like 23 24 points a game and then we're putting our Jared. That's, that's where I also th- see that, you know, Shea could do the same thing. Shea figures out something and all of a sudden Shea's averaging 33, 34 points a game. So that's why I think it's safe to put so J Dub and Shea at 50, 55 points a game. What who led the team who led the NBA in scoring last year? And how many um, points did they score? Do you want me to look it I up? Should, I should know this. Hold on, man. All right. You look it up. Um Mitchich, you're right, Jared. Absolutely. Our Euro Harden. Yeah, and like I said it before, but his the way he hunts end of game, end of shot clock shots, it's yeah. you know, he's a clutch player and he knows it. And I think he's gonna have Chesapeake standing on their feet as much as anybody else on the bench. Um, I think that's gonna really surprise people and in this weird way, hmm. I don't wanna say it. I don't wanna say it, but because I I always feel stupid when I comp players, but he reminds me of an Argentinian player that played for the Spurs. Hmm. Like potential could be like that, but I don't want to go there because I don't, if I say it, I always kick myself in the nuts. Unk, what's up, buddy? Um. Anyway, so my thing is, why couldn't we average one thirty-two? You want to know what? Hmm. I think we could. That would be far and away the best offense in the NBA, I believe. 
Okay. I think I think last year I'm just guessing, but okay. I'm guessing it was like one twenty five was the average. So my for, for theory one twenty five was what? I'm sorry. Probably the leading in the NBA in scoring. Um, no, it was one twenty was the Sacramento Kings. One twenty was the Sacramento Kings. So the idea that we could jump like a full 12 points on someone like them and they were playing really well, good not 12 points. No, we had, we, we had 117.4.3, whatever per game. My so theory it's is not, why, why couldn't we average 130? Uh, I mean, if we want to win 60 plus games. Yeah. So you know, like to me, like, like we might be a year away from this happening, but when you look at players, like when you go down the list and you're like, we could legitimately get, 92 points from our starters sure. on a regular basis and 40 from our bench. I mean, seriously, it might not be this year right here, right now that this is about to happen, yeah. but I see, I see the the structure of a team that can average over time, 130 points. Like you can't tell me that over time, J-Dub is going to be held down from 20 and Shea won't be able to ma- maintain that 28 to 30 points per game sure. that Giddy won't be able to stay, you know, get up above 15 and hold it there and, Chet over time won't be able to reach 18 to 20 points per game with all this balance and our bench will still be able to produce 40. I know that it seems so far out and that's what really inspired this whole conversation and why Jay brought it up. It's like, you guys don't really, you're not really doing math when you, when you say this player can average this and this player can average this, and this player can average this. You're just kind of like shooting the shit, which is true, which is true. We, we don't necessarily sit around and say like, how, how can we break up these 125 points or 120 points per game? If we, you know, if, we look at it more like, what can this guy do? Sure. And I look at J-Dub and I say, there's no doubt to me that he's a 20-point player per game in our system. Sure. Is it this year? I don't really give a fuck. If he goes 18 this year and then 21 next year, like to me, it's a trajectory that matters. Um, but I see that potential. All right. So let's just say, you know, devil, uh, devil's advocate here. So we have Dort and J-Dub. One of those two guys I feel like are going to definitely have a huge jump up this year. I don't expect Dort to necessarily make that jump, but think about this. If Dort all of a sudden started shooting much higher percentage um, from with his layups and it doesn't cost any extra any extra shots that we've already been, you know, encounting for, and he starts hitting those shots and he hits three or four more layups a game, you know, like I could see Dort all of a sudden averaging 18 to 21 points a game. You know, and that would actually take away from what Jada would be expected. You know, then Jada would have to be going in there being okay with 17 to 19 points a game. You know, because if Dort is stepping up like that and, and, and allow, hitting his layups and stuff like that, it, it relieves a lot of pressure. And having two guys that could go off, you know, for 20 points at any given time with with Dort and Jada would be pretty phenomenal. I mean, it could be that, that could be Chet too. I mean, who knows? Like, who knows how good some of these guys are going to be in year two or in the first year of their, their playing? Yeah, I mean, if Dort can get to the um, the rim with less help defense, a lot of times he's facing a help defender um, because we have more spacing, because Chet's out there, because of different things like that. And also, I saw an improvement as the season went on with his decision-making when he would get to the basket. He wouldn't necessarily feel like he had to, to try to finish over people. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of like for the, the NBA – there's different quality of three-point shots, right? It's yeah. really for any level of basketball. Like the inside-out shot is a much better shot than a dribble-up three. Hmm. 
Okay. Now some players have elite step back threes. Sure. And that kind of breaks the rule. Right. But the rule when we were growing up was inside out. Right. We always want to get offensive rebounds and kick the ball out to reset for the open shot because there's usually an open or, guy yeah. on offensive rebound. Right. And these types of things are ingrained in you. And for me, what I'm looking for with Dort is this ability for him to begin the process of understanding the difference between the dribble up three, the corner three and the elbow three, the elbow three is low efficiency for him. Sure. The corner three is high efficiency. Getting past your man does not mean you have to shoot. Mm-hmm. If you can turn into a passer when you're in the lane, because now you have the inside out ability, that's preferable than a missed shot. And understanding the difference between a contested shot for like Dort and other players is, is really a challenge because Dort plays so physical all game. The refs, recognize like that he's creating contact when he's going to the basket on offense. Yeah. So they're not going to give him the whistle. He can get fouled by most people's definition, but he has like a bigger, stronger body than people. And so it doesn't look like a foul. So he needs to use that, like, you know, get the defender up in the air and do the wraparound pass, do things like that. If he could do two or three assists instead of, shots then all of a sudden teams will be daring him to shoot and he can finish over a dare what he can't finish over is a seven footer he lacks the athleticism um and the ability to stay in the air long enough like russ could like take contact and then just hang like Dort, if there's a defender between him and the basket he might finish but it's not necessarily a high percentage shot but he can get past people in and play in space. I know sure. I've, we saw him do it a lot more last year. So if that's the door we get, then I think he could average, you know, 15. He could average, um, I think, two really high-quality make made threes on the perimeter per game. Sure. Just if he says, like, you know, this is a high-efficiency shot. Sure. Now, there's always this question, like, how much does a coaching staff focus on good shots versus bad shots? In fact, you hear some of the – like the reporters ask coaches about that and stuff. They're like, do you guys talk to them about bad shots, especially with the thunder media? So what I look at for like a guy like Dort is like efficiency has to become something that he cares about. Sure. It can't be something that the coaches are sitting there being like, Oh, you got to want to, you know, shoot 35 plus percentage from deep. You got to want to shoot, you know, 60% plus from the um, inside the arc, those types of things, they come with maturity and I do believe that the structure is there for him. I think with Chet, Chet is a leader. Chet is a leader by being a follower, right? He puts his arms around everybody and he says, we're going to do this together. But that's going to suck up a lot of shots that Dort's been kind of taking up. Last year, you know, J-Dub sucked up a lot of them. His, his average, you know, wasn't the same. It, he was missing out on a lot of the offense that was available to him. It's going to happen again. Can he handle it? without necessarily having a dip in offensive proje- um, production that comes down to efficiency. That's up yeah. to him to figure out. You know, efficiency is king, especially with J-Dub. So I, I look at I look at all these other players right now, and I say, you know, out of all the players that we have, if we're going to average 122 points a game, it comes down to Dort. Can Dort figure out how to either A, he has three to four shots a game that he misses that I would consider 
not easy shots because of the contact, but if he figures out a way to convert that or figures out a way that he did this last year at the end of the season where he did that wraparound pass or he did the bounce pass as he got past his, his defender. So if Dort gets an extra two to three assists a game, or let's just say two assists a game and he gets an extra bucket a game because he's more efficient out there, then yeah, we have an op- incredible opportunity to average 122 plus game uh, points a game. But it comes down to my opinion in Dort at this point because he takes a lot of shots. And there's sometimes the shots are like, what? You know, but I, this is not me picking on Dort. This is me just making an observation about some of Dort's shots. And I look at across the NBA, there's a lot of players that you look at their shot selection and you're like, if that player figured out a way to take two to four of those shots a game out and they were became more efficient, how good of a player could that player be? And I, I think it starts with Dort right there. If we want to see a increase in a phenomenal increase in points this next season, I got to see Dort be more efficient because we know that Shea can do that. We know J-Dub can do that. We know Chet can do that. We know Josh Giddy can do that. So for me, the one person that needs to step up the efficiency aspect is definitely Dort. Now, there's this, um, hmm, I don't want to call it slander, but there's this consensus opinion going around about Josh. That, what's up, Keelan? What's up, Unc? About that maybe we're in a spot where he's going to take a step back offensively. And I want to say this definitively. That is not something that anybody in the Thunder organization is encouraging him to do. Okay. Hmm. His offensive game opens up his passing game. If he turns into a fucking Rondo out there, guys, it's not good. It's not yeah. good for anybody on the team. It's bad for Shea. Sure. It's bad for Chet. It's bad for J-Dub. All of their development gets hampered if Giddy gets afraid to shoot. Yeah. God forbid we end up with a player like Ben Simmons who gets so afraid to shoot that people end up strategizing against it. So sure. for me a big part of the whole team's development is Josh not taking a step back offensively. Sure. I want to see him continue to turn into a killer. I think so often, right? You see this happen in like the NCAA tournament, right? Players come out and they just boom. Like we didn't necessarily know who they were and they might've had a good solid season, but all of a sudden when the, like it's winning time, they demonstrate a different level of a winning ability. And once they do that, you know, scouts really take them seriously. And then the question yeah. is, can they play 82 games at the level that they were playing for the tournament? And some players can. Some players come out and have a great tournament and then end up having great NBA careers. That's right. So I'm, man, what I want to see next is this team just figure out how do we like give everybody the opportunities they need? And most yeah. people look at opportunities and they think it comes down to shots. Shots are opportunities. But the reality is when I look at this, I think minutes. Minutes are opportunities. And that yeah. goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. Like we have to have strategic um, times where players are sitting, right? Like we call mm. them um, load management, rest. If we can balance all of those things, then the 75 games that Giddy plays, I'd like to see him average shooting four threes a game. Sure. I really would. I would love to see him get to the hole and continue to play the way that we saw him play against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that I think more importantly against the Pelicans, we saw him put up 30 plus. My point yeah. about Giddy in that Pelicans game is 
like some players, it takes elite competition to bring out their best. And once their best is out, then they go back and they go, how can I make that my average? You know, and, and I, you bring up really good points and, you know, something that we said last uh, yesterday that we got a lot of flack from um, was that Shea is the best guard in the league. Um, a lot of people are like, no, no, no. And I want to say like, I know the we most, get, people, we got some weirdos out there listening. To I just want to say this though. When I say like, I make statements like this, it's not like I'm not going and, and looking at the stats and looking at the projections and looking at the next five, six, seven, ten 10 years projection, all that other stuff. Right. I went back before I made the statement, and the biggest inf- information I got was this: was forty nine points were given to the guards besides Shea in MVP votings. Forty nine points. You know how many points that Shea got? Forty six. How many? Forty six. So Shea got forty. Okay, if you if you combine them right, and you're adding that, I was like, what? Uh, Ninety seven. Whatever. Right out of the ninety-seven points, if I did my math, yeah, right, right? what's up, man? Like, think about that, man. Like, Shea almost got fifty percent of those votes of guard votes of guard votes. That's what's insane to me. Is that anybody that says that no, no, Shea's not, Shea's not a MVP, and he's not the best guard in the league? Well, he's good enough. Where the experts <laughs> have all voted on him, saying that he is the best guard in the league. On if a team that the, nobody watches. Yeah, and then you look at on top of that, you look at the the um, um, NBA All NBA team voting. He led the All NBA um, team voting from the professionals yet again for guards. So for me, say what you guys want that he's not the best guard in the league, and and I understand because he's not your player or he is your player, and you think I'm just being a homer. But the reality is, is that who would you trade for? Would you trade Shea for Luca? I wouldn't. Hell no, Not I wouldn't. Close, Not even close. Would you trade Shea for Devin Booker? Hell no. Would you trade Shea for – throw a guard out there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you play a one or a two, I wouldn't trade Shea for any of them out there because to me, Shea fits exactly what we're trying to do, and that's it. Shea, in my opinion, is the best guard in the league because he's in the best system for what he is doing, and he is going to be an MVP – and I do think that this year is going to get a shit ton of votes, and he's going to be you gotta, yet again the highest voting guard that people vote for. You got to get one when you can, because I think Kobe got one, right? Like, just because some players out there got six or some players got two that maybe weren't as good as other people, you know, it doesn't mean everybody gets two. Russ got yeah. one, Katie got one. Like to me, this year is is. It's really important that Shea wins it. Like, I felt like we started talking about it last year. I was like, we need to be the advocates for Shea's MVP candidacy last year. Yes. Last year was so important because you don't go from zero votes to winning it in the the NBA. You got to like. We're going to, of course, go for Shea. We're going to tell everybody Shea loves. We're like, look, we made the case for Shea early. We made it often. And now we're looking at it and we're saying it's very important that he wins it this year because this year's the year that nobody has expectations. If they can if come out and say like, look, God forbid I'm, I say something and then it doesn't happen, but 58 wins. And it was like this team won, you know, boom, boom, boom. We got to give it to the best player on this team. And mm-hmm. Shea wins it. He may not ever win another one, even if he's the best player in the I league. Know. It's crazy. Five years in a row. It's crazy. 
it's how many does LeBron have? I think he's got like four or five, four, four. Like, yeah, but he's came in second so many times. Not even funny. think about it. Twenty years of playing, like where he's at the top, and, and they only thought fit to give it to him four times. <laughs> like these guys are, they know what they're doing, but there's a, there's so much. Um, like they talk about voter there's so fatigue. many. They talk about all these crazy seasons, elements. though, man. Yeah, if you think about it, like KD should have had another MVP, but what was it? Steph went off and had one of those insane three point seasons, or was it Russ that went off? I forget. Anyways, the point is that there's been times that you know, like we've seen in our lifetime that it's like, well, that that guy should have won a second or third or you know even a fifth MVP, but you have a player that goes out and it's like, holy shit, that what he did was spectacular, triple double, you know, like yeah, it reminds me of like LeBron. No, I mean Michael's years, like Chuck won one. Carl Malone won one, and yeah, like my, you could give it to Mike every year, but at some point, man, like there Sam is so a much agenda in it. You know, you're right. You're right. There's so much agenda in each of the voting, unless there's one, one case that's unless, and that's unless there's a underdog in the voting. There's an underdog in the voting, and say what you want. Embiid was the underdog this year, right? Um, Derek Rose was, was the underdog. You know, like. There's an underdog that pops up once in a while. And because nobody's been watching Oklahoma City and taking them, you know, seriously for the last three years, right? Because of that, like when all of a sudden Shea starts doing crazy things and we're like, yeah, we told you, right? And he's dropping 50 and, and, and you know, back to back to back nights and, and stuff like that. And everybody's like, holy shit. Like we're all like, yeah, yeah, we told you guys, you know, because like, I mean, like that's happening this year. Shea's going to be doing things that we're only going to be talking about for generations to come because that's what he's been building up to. And if you take anything from Shea, he's not content with being the same old, same old player that he was the year before. He comes out with fire. He comes out with passion. I mean, I think about the dedication that he shows every single offseason, his food routine, the way he's always at the gym when he needs to be at the gym. Like everything Shea does lines up to being what we considered that Kobe mentality. You got it, you yeah. don't, man. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about it, bro. Like, thinking about the previous life cycle of the Thunder teams, the early 2010s and stuff, mm-hmm. like, wh- like, what will our podcast become as all of a sudden everybody else jumps on the bandwagon? And we saw, like, sure. like I would say from 2010 through 2016, the peak of, like, Thunder bandwagon fandom. Sure. Right. And like all of a sudden, everybody's expectations are high. Shea wins an MVP. We get to the conference finals. Now everybody's thinking we're going to the finals and then they get carried away. And we've been sitting here kind of being like, like think about the expectations and how good we could be if things go well. But at that point, I think we're going to shift. I think we're going to be like, guys, calm down. Like you don't need to win every year. You need to be one of those teams that, you know, get yourself a chance, get into the conference finals every year, give yourself a chance, be the final four year after year. And you have a chance, right? And that's it, man. I think that's going to be kind of like a progression. Like I think a lot of people will think, Oh, well, Mark and Dave got everybody all fired up about the possibilities. Now they want to take it to another level. But what we're going to do instead is we're going to be like, yo, everybody let's, expectations. let's hold Chill. expectations. And maybe it seems like we're creating unreasonable expectations when we talk about you know, all these players and all this stuff. But the reality is we're not trying to create expectations, but what we're trying to say is like, 
Dude, look at the possibilities. This might happen. And if it happens, right, what does that mean? And if, what if that means we're about to win a championship and nobody knows it? Check this out, man. What did we win? 26, 27 What's games up, when we got the second pick. 26, 27. I forget what it was. But anyways, we got 13 plus wins more last season, the year season before. Right? That's where I come up with this whole 13 idea. This team, I believe, can get 13 plus more wins. Like just as simple as that, you know, like if we look at the progression, because, you know, if we go in a um, mid uh, middle of the line season and we have everybody healthy and nobody else, we win 42, 43 games. That's a fucking failure for this team. Why? Because there needs to be improvements that are significant every single year. And if the improvements are happening and we're averaging 120 plus points a game, right? And doing what we're, t- we're saying this team is going to do. And Shea's putting up insane numbers like he's going to do. And our bench is being one of the best benches in the last 15 years like we think they, they can do. Then all of a sudden we're looking at a, a 53 and we're saying that that's completely doable. Why is it important for us to keep on saying that to everybody here? Is because everybody else is saying 43, 47, 48. And that's great. And if we get to 48 or 49 wins, that's a win, Right. But the reality is, is that the improvement that this team is has done this offseason is way more than just a four to six game improvement for this next season. Like even Chet himself, you insert Chet into any team in the league right there. And that's a three to four game um, better team immediately. And then you add in all the other guys that are getting better and J-Dub, what he's going to do and Shea, what he's going to do and Dort and Josh Giddy. I mean, then all of a sudden you look at Jay Will, then all of a sudden you're like Isaiah Joe and Mischich, and boom. Amen. Preach it. Like, what else do you guys want? Like, this is it, man. This is the year that we've all been waiting for. And now for me, like, I just want everybody to know that. Like, like as much as I I, people will throw rocks at us and throw stones at us for saying, like, you guys are crazy for saying Homer stuff, but get this. We said this last year that the Thunder were gonna win 40 games. People thought we were homering. We thought that Shea was going to be in the top three MVP votings for last year. People thought we were crazy. Top five, so I guess we were a little bit crazy. But we go, you know, we start talking about stuff like this, and all of a sudden, like, people have been telling us we're crazy for so long, it doesn't matter to us anymore because we've been able to watch this team get better and better and better, and it's the expectations that we're coming with are the same expectations that they're probably having inside of the organization. And it's not like it's that crazy for us to be like, this team could win 13 more games than they won last year. And Shea, if we win 13 more games, that means that Shea should automatically be a top MVP candidate. And if that's the case, and we're averaging 120 points a game, then where's the other points coming from? Well, that makes it sense. J-Dub, our bench, you know, then it starts coming into context of exactly how good this team could be. Dude. We are crazy. And that's why when people come at us and they're like, you're homers, da 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 da, we're like, dude, Fuck that yeah, doesn't we're homers. We like one fucking NBA team. Fuck the rest, man. Fuck the rest of the NBA. One so, team. Like, yeah. And we're, we're, so, we're so used to being the only people who, like, have thought that this team was about to arrive that, like, when people come tell us that, like, that oh, we're wrong, like, J-Dub's not as good as we think or Shea's not really as good as we think, we just kind of like take it like just mental note, be like, okay, the rest of the world still wasn't ready for it on August 3rd, 2023. Yeah. They're sticking it, up on everybody. So it. get the fuck ready. 
Boom. Because this is the year we've been waiting for, bro. Hit that end button. Let's end this. We love you guys. We'll see you next time.